This is the Notorious Bakersfield Podcast. I'm Robert Peterson, the host and creator of the Notorious Bakersfield Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to listen to another Notorious Bakersfield story. Remember to follow this podcast's social media pages. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe to us on whichever podcast app you use to listen to podcasts. Notorious Bakersfield is on Apple, Spotify, Google, every podcast app that's available. If you'd like to email me with suggestions for stories you'd like me to cover, email me at NotoriousBakersfield at gmail.com or go to NotoriousBakersfield.com and contact me through the website. In 1975, the KERN radio station was located at 5600 Fraser Road. If you don't know where this is, you're not alone, because I didn't know until I asked the good people in the Kern County of Old Facebook page. This was in the vicinity of where, today, Plans Road dead ends into Wilson Road. Back in 1975, this was mostly vacant land. Today, that area is fully developed into a neighborhood. The Spice Track neighborhood is in that proximity, if you know where I'm talking about. Oh, and today, there's not a street in that area named Fraser Road. This part of Bakersfield looks entirely different today than it did in 1975. Even though this section of Bakersfield was undeveloped, it was still considered part of the city of Bakersfield. At 6 a.m. June 4, 1975, a Kern County Sheriff's deputy driving by the KERN radio station noticed a parked station wagon. Three hours later, at 9 a.m., the same deputy was driving by again and noticed the station wagon was still there. When he went to investigate, he noticed a considerable amount of blood inside. Since this was in city limits, the deputy called the Bakersfield Police Department. Three BPD detectives were sent to the scene. In addition to the blood, detectives discovered a single men's left shoe inside the vehicle, size 8.5D. Detectives began searching the fields surrounding the radio station. They were looking for a victim, someone connected to the abandoned vehicle. During this search, Detective Joe Taylor came across a man who was in the area. This 42-year-old man's name was Thomas Judge. Detective Taylor talked to him for a few minutes and it seems decided Judge wasn't connected to the suspicious abandoned station wagon. Detective Taylor left without any further action. At noon, a few minutes after talking to the detective, Thomas Judge burst through the front doors of KERN radio, waving a loaded handgun. He was demanding to speak to the police and threatened to kill Detective Taylor. Newsman Dick Jameson was doing the noon news in the studio, unaware of the chaos happening in the outer office. When Jameson emerged from the broadcast studio, he found his fellow KERN employees being held hostage at gunpoint. 
Bakersfield police were called back to the scene at the radio station within a few minutes. After a half hour or so, police were able to take Thomas Judge into custody without incident and transported him to jail. Six hours later, the body of the registered owner of the station wagon was discovered in a reservoir near Cal State Bakersfield. This is the mysterious death of Jack Downing. In 1975, Jack Brazell Downing lived with his wife, Rachel, in Empire, California, in Stanislaus County. He was a native of New Mexico and had only been living in California for two years. Downing suffered cataracts in both eyes. Because of his poor vision, the 53-year-old was forced to retire from the Del Monte Food Company. From what I understand, his medical insurance didn't cover treatment in California, so he had to go to New Mexico to be treated for his cataracts. On the evening of June 3, 1975, Jack set out on a road trip from his home in Empire, California to New Mexico. Downing's wife, Rachel, said he called her three times that night, once when he was just north of Fresno. During this first phone call, Jack told her he had picked up two hitchhikers. According to Rachel, due to his limited eyesight, whenever Jack would drive long distances, he'd often pick up hitchhikers and let them drive his car. The second time Jack phoned his wife was when he was in Fresno. During the second call, Rachel talked to one of the hitchhikers. The stranger identified himself as Sid, and his fellow hitchhiker was a friend named Steve. Sid told Rachel he and Steve would drive her husband as far as Bakersfield. But once in Bakersfield, the hitchhikers were going to continue south to Los Angeles, and Jack was going to go east towards Tatchby to continue his trip to New Mexico. When the trio arrived in Bakersfield, they called Rachel a third time, this time around 3 a.m. Jack once again put Sid, the hitchhiker, on the phone. Sid told Rachel they were splitting up. Sid and Steve were going south to L.A. and Jack was going east. Rachel said that during these conversations, there was no indication anything was wrong. She said her husband sounded perfectly normal. He never expressed to her that he was in any type of danger. Rachel said she asked Sid to help her husband find another driver so he could continue his trip. That third phone call around 3 a.m. June 4th was the last time Rachel ever talked to her husband again. The next thing she ever heard about her husband was when Bakersfield authorities called to inform her they found Jack's car abandoned in Bakersfield. Jack Downing's body was discovered at 6 p.m. on the same day his car was found. Two miles separated the two locations. An employee of Bellevue Ranch, located a mile west of CSUB, discovered Jack's body in an agriculture reservoir. An autopsy later revealed he suffered a crushed chest, brain hemorrhage, cuts and bruises to the head, a fractured right shoulder, and a fractured left arm, injuries consistent to being hit by a vehicle. Investigators said he was most likely facing the car when he was struck. Initially, detectives theorized that Jack had been struck by his own vehicle. 
but on closer inspection of the station wagon, the only damage to the car was a small dent in the hood. His wife told police that that dent was already there prior to him leaving on his trip on June 3rd. So it appeared he was struck by a car that wasn't his. Detectives had no idea where this occurred. They believed whoever ran him down loaded his body into the back of the station wagon, transported it to Bellevue Ranch, and dumped it in the reservoir. Tire tracks leading to and from the reservoir matched the dead man's station wagon. Then, whoever dumped the body abandoned the car near the radio station. Here's the weird thing. Remember at the beginning of the story, when police were investigating Jack's abandoned car and came across Thomas Judge in the vicinity in that field? The crazy guy who stormed the radio station and took employees hostage? Investigators, for some reason, ruled out Judge as a suspect. Detectives said he had no involvement in Jack Downing's murder. Through media pleas, the police asked for the public's help in locating those two hitchhikers, Sid and Steve, who drove Jack Downing to Bakersfield. Authorities said they had no idea when or where Jack and the hitchhikers actually separated. A sheriff's investigator said, quote, The key now is to find Sid and Steve and see what those two have to say. Another missing piece to this puzzle. Where was Jack's other shoe, a size eight and a half D brown leather right shoe? The left shoe was found in the abandoned station wagon, but the right shoe was missing. Detectives felt that wherever that shoe was left was probably where Jack was run down and killed. Jack Brazell Downing was survived by his wife, Rachel, his son, Robert, and his brother, Smokey. Despite living in Stanislaus County, a graveside service was held at Union Cemetery here in Bakersfield. I find that a bit odd, but other than dying here, there's no indication that Jack Downing had any connection to Bakersfield. Perhaps his wife didn't have the money to transport his body to Stanislaus County or his native New Mexico. It's been 47 years, and Jack Downing's murder remains unsolved. Resources used to research this story, the Bakersfield Californian, the Los Angeles Times, and findagrave.com. I'll be back next week, next Tuesday, with another notorious Bakersfield story. Have a good week.